0: everyone, welcome back to Gals on Topic, your favorite book club and then some. I'm Sadie. I'm Izzy. And today's topic is A Court of Mist and Fury, chapters 16 through 18. I'm also now starting to get the mist part. They mention mist a lot. Do they? Yes. In what context? Just like... She just every description of every setting, there's a mist. Oh, yeah, like even um, when they're sitting at the dinner table and San like flicks his fingers with like one of like the lime he's holding, I and he misses it. This is it. Mist. I did notice that, but I
1: was like, is that what the title
0: is about? No, it's it's many times the mist okay. is mentioned when describing the setting, um, like when they're they're going up the the mountain and everything to the prison and stuff. And Mrs. Mentioned misty. several times. Wow, good analytical reading oh, no. skills. Should have been an English major. What should I? S- <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> As I proceed to misspeak. <laughs> oh man. Well, today was an eventful day for me. Not in like a literal sense, but just okay. emotionally. <laughs> okay. Tell
1: tell me more tell okay. me more
0: no 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 Oh, okay a while ago but she's having her bridal shower in florida and it's like my first cousin on my mom's side of the family and i'm really close with everyone on that side so i like really want to be there like yeah. i'm just like i want to go to all of the things yeah um so i decided i'm gonna go just to like for the, the weekend when and so that's that's the the climax of this story okay. is the one okay so it is the 22nd of july okay so the weekend before miami
1: i'm also gone that weekend
0: found out i have to go to texas for work that week
1: oh. so i have a
0: horrible horrible habit of keeping my work schedule brain and my personal life schedule brain separate Like, I'm like, 24th? Yeah, the 24th sounds great. I'll go to Texas.
1: I have a follow-up comment to all of this, but continue.
0: Okay. So little did I realize, like, when we travel far, like, for work, we go for the whole week. Yeah. I literally completely blanked that we literally have a flight Thursday afternoon to Miami. Yes. So now I have booked a one-way to Tampa for Friday the 21st. Then a one-way from Tampa to Texas uh, that Sunday, so the 23rd. Then a one-way from Texas to Miami. <laughs> Meeting you guys there on the Thursday. And then we're in Miami.
1: So, like what? So funny you should <laughs> mention this. I am flying from Charleston the weekend the 22nd, to New York for a work trip, flying back on Wednesday night, hosting an event that I committed to, and then flying from Indy to Miami. And I agreed to this work trip because they asked me to sub in for my coworker who's pregnant. And I was like, of course, like I always love to go to New York. I have friends there. It's always fun. It's a fun time. And then I was like, I literally have two trips bookending this trip.
0: I know. Why did I
1: agree to do this? I know. But that's so funny. The exact same week. Literally.
0: <laughs> what are we doing? We're just little travelers. Just
1: business women. We're women truly, in business.
0: Truly. But still young and hip and going going on the little fun trips for ourselves as well. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah. So, I made sure I'm flying um, with my loyalty points. Nice. So, at least I'll get a lot of points out of it. But yeah, So I, am, I was so stressed about that. It's so it's kind of far away to like book for work. But I booked it because I was just too stressed. <laughs>
1: like, I need to book mine. At least it means I don't have to pay for a round trip flight to Charleston. I can just book a one way. Exactly. Personally, and then I can expense my trip from Charleston to New York, yeah. which is honestly huge. It was a very expensive flight.
0: Yeah, that's exactly how I felt. So I'm very excited about that. But that was very stressful. Took up most of my morning.
1: I also so, so shallow. I'm worried now that I'm coming into Miami after a week of traveling and, you're and gonna be drinking. Because t- be I'm going to be no, I that's not even my concern. I'm worried that I'm coming into Miami not in peak form because I will have just spent a week, literally a week straight, probably drinking. Oh,
0: not in peak form physically, physically.
1: <laughs> Emotionally, I'm always ready. <laughs> Physically, I will have not been working oh out for a week God. and drinking every single day.
0: That's such a good point because we like we'll eat out every day.
1: And like I have to you. It's like you have to drink at work events. Yeah. You can't be the only. And like my coworkers are going to be like, why? And I'll be like, well, I have to be in a bikini in two days. Like what? Like
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm such an oversharer. My whole team knows that I'm in training for Miami. I don't let it prevent me from drinking, but I will like oh while I'm sipping my red glass of wine be like, I've been training for Miami. <laughs> maybe I'll
1: maybe I should start laying those same foundation. Yeah. That same foundation so that when it comes to the work trip, everyone just expects me to not. You be. can
0: also still work out on a work trip.
1: No, that's true.
0: But also you don't have to do any of the above because you look amazing.
1: Thanks. So do you, Sadie?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, speaking of physical awareness,
1: <laughs> can't wait to see where this is going.
0: <laughs> I recently uh, gave in to the Rent the Runway ads um, because I just like don't love my wardrobe, but I'm also just not interested in. Spending a ton of money on clothes. Uh, like, I want to be fun and wear, like, fun stuff. But I don't want to, like, spend a ton of money on that stuff. I'd rather spend it, like, going out and stuff. But I need outfits to go out.
1: There's so many events in the summer. I know. Renting clothes is the actually only economically responsible option. Totally. totally. <laughs> I'm not even being dramatic. Like, <laughs> it's the only option. Yeah. So,
0: I started Rent the Runway. And I got my clothes today. The shorts that came with one set were literally constructed to fit a male. Like I am a woman and I have my body has a curve to it, as most women do. Even stick skinny people. All all different shapes and sizes are appreciated here, but even skinny women generally have a curve to their body if they are post-puberty.
1: These shorts,
0: like, they are for a man. Like they were (laughs) bunched up and baggy at my waist, but then tight at my legs. I'm like, that is not the shape of a woman.
1: Not the silhouette. (laughs) No,
0: I was so mad. And then I put on the second outfit the shirt, both shirts were so cute and looked great. But then I, my second outfit is like basically a Canadian tuxedo, but it was like really cute if you saw the vision. Um, and I got these pants that were a brand that I have plenty of jeans of. And so I was like, great. I know exactly what size I am. I'm going to size up just in case. Like, I don't even know why that, Came into my head. But I sized up just because they're like skinnier fit. And I get them. They, I can't, like, they're so small. They're so small. I'm like, I literally have other jeans that are this brand. Like, I don't understand why it's
1: so hard. It's frankly rude.
0: It is. It's insulting. They said, we want to shame you today.
1: Yeah, they did. They that- said, Sadie, you, we will shame you. Go to the gym tomorrow, Sadie.
0: No. But then, but so I'm like really down the dumps. Just like really got shoved down. I
1: mean, there's no worse feeling than... If a pants brand, specifically jeans, runs small, I just won't buy it. If it's making me size up, it's not worth it.
0: I know, but like I have other jeans, that brand. It makes no sense.
1: On the, on the site for Rent the Runway, did it say that specific... Jean runs small in the little,
0: you know. Description I don't. Box. I don't know. That's a great question, but regardless, it's too late. Right, and I sized up.
1: I mean, there's no excuse for them, <laughs> cancel.
0: But but we are we are hanging in there because the third item, mm-hmm. the dress,
1: mm-hmm. the piece is
0: probably the cutest most flattering piece of clothing I've ever put on my body so you see the emotional roller coaster of the day
1: yeah it was truly
0: unbelievable like I have to buy that dress I think you should it, it defeats the purpose
1: no it doesn't no it doesn't I think I have been renting clothes for a while like probably over a year I've done the different sites I've done the big three well now I just started the third one which Sadie has gotten me on to rent the runway but I've done newly I've done fashion pass and the things I buy everything I've bought that I've rented I truly love like I truly feel like they're just pieces that I need in my wardrobe that every time I wear them I get compliments and you know you love them because you wore them for a whole month and still decided you needed more There are so many pieces of clothes that I wear once or twice. And I'm like, you know what? I'm good. It doesn't go with most things I have. It actually, after a few wears, I don't love the way it fits. I can't really move in it. Once I'm in it for a few hours, I realize I I don't like X, Y, Z. Yeah. Like sometimes you put something on you're like, oh, I feel so great, so confident. And then you actually wear it out and you're like, actually something just doesn't do it for me. Like it's good. It had its moment, but it's done. Yeah. If you buy it, that means it truly has withstanded the test of time and it belongs in your closet
0: oh my god I
1: should like do marketing for
0: I know it's almost like you're in
1: marketing (laughs) it's almost like I work in marketing
0: (laughs) no that's you know what you've convinced me I will I'll give it the weekend I'm gonna wear it this weekend yes I literally told Izzy I was like I'm going to wear it out on Friday I'm going to wear it to
1: this party we're going to uh like brunch we're going to on Monday yeah this episode will be out after it so we can say congratulations holly and andrew oh yeah
0: i can say not just a party our brunch it's her it's holly and andrew's engagement party yes
1: and andrew is a big supporter he's a loyal fan we so we
0: love andrew's <laughs> I'm love I'm dedicating the
1: shot andrew <laughs> and also you holly love you
0: yeah <laughs> oh my god wait actually i was going to bring interrupt today when we get into the chapters because i know he was throwing shade at me harping on the cauldron so much in the first book the cauldron is back and the cauldron matters (laughs) okay (laughs) it it came up and i'm hype and i was like i knew it was important they weren't just thrown around the cauldron ro- word for nothing.
1: Oh, the cauldron totally matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Background, this- Sadie. There was a few episodes I think where you th- were saying the cauldron maybe a part of the plot for the first book, and Andrew, again, one of our most loyal listeners, was like, "Sadie, get off the cauldron! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stop talking about the cauldron!" oh yeah sorry if you didn't listen to season one but yeah and I it's so funny because obviously like I had listened back and knew the end of the book
1: and everything and like he's so right I was so hung up on the cauldron but you know what you can't let people put doubts in your head because you have some really great theories
0: I do I do and I have some more for today and the cauldron is relevant yeah
1: actually and this is the last thing I'll say actually I have one more quick thing to say and then we can get into the chapters (laughs) but I was listening back to the episode either where we first met Lucian or had early on met Lucian and you said I think they're going to be friends and I think there's going to be a point where Lucian stands up for Feyre like to (gasps) Tamlin And literally, I was like, okay, make a note to talk about that in book two. Like, literally, because that is the first 10 chapters of this book.
0: I know. I, God, I'm fucking brilliant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I have one more thing to say that's off topic before we get into the chapters. And I want to give a shout out to our listeners in. India, Puerto Rico, Switzerland, Australia, Italy, and Japan. Woo!
0: International,
1: baby! I can see you in the analytics app, and it brings me such joy. And if you would care to show yourselves in our DMs, I'd love to hear from you.
0: Yes, please DM us or comment or... Well, the comments, we can't really... Can we see who sent them?
1: We can see the name, the name. of the people. So if you are leaving a comment in Spotify, say what country you're from yeah and, or DM and us. tell me how you found us
0: yeah because yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's so cool it is so cool we're international I love it
1: yeah that was a lot of countries I just listed so
0: I hope I didn't overshadow with my my hooping and hollering <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay should we get into the yeah, chapters should
0: get into it we've I've been rambling
1: so as Sadie said, we are covering chapters 16 through 18. So it was just three chapters, but this was a lot of pages. And this was maybe the most information that we have had since, consolidated. Since into...
0: Alice told Fair about the curse.
1: I know. I I think this is even more though, maybe less profound than that chapter was but between chapter 16 and chapter 18 yeah we get so much information I mean we meet four new characters and get their each of their backstories it was a lot I was and it jumps around in order of time so in my notes I tried to do it in order of time like Mm -hmm. chronological order but we'll see it was a lot (laughs) it was a lot to summarize it was a lot yeah but let's get into it because today we are meeting the inner circle
0: yay cheers cheers
1: (laughs) (laughs) and we left off with chapter 15 with Feyre and Reese on a very serious note if you recall, they had just told each other one thing that was on their mind and Farah actually had a lot to say for once. And this was the whole spiel about I was a cold and lonely person. I would have fallen in love with anyone who showed me kindness. Blah, blah, blah. She's realized a lot since she left the spring court.
0: Basically realized that Tamlin was like, There, when she was at a very weak point, and probably what she needed at that point, but not what she needs as the person she is now.
1: Yeah, I also have we didn't talk about this last time. I do have a follow up discussion point about the Tamlin situation. I don't know if right now is the right time, but I'm gonna bring it up at some point. Yep, (laughs) (laughs) can you? I want to get into the chapters and not get off topic, but I just wanted to say...
0: Well, okay. Well, Tamlin's not mentioned one fucking time in the next three chapters. Okay, fine.
1: I'll say it. I'll say it. I feel like we didn't talk about this last time. We were still kind of playing both sides about Tamlin. But after we stopped recording, one thing that I didn't say that I do feel like is important in how we're thinking about the situation Mm -hmm. is the fact that Tamlin physically... I guess not physically, but through his magic locked her in the house. Yeah. And we know some of his reasons and some of his reasons have points, valid points, which we talked about last time. But what I don't think we talked about is like the fact that he physically restrained her. And again, not like he didn't like, you know, hit her and do anything necessarily violent, but like his power is an extension of himself and he used it to physically prevent her from leaving. I feel like that's a form of, abuse
0: oh absolutely
1: and so that's something I just felt like we didn't talk about last time and I felt like we were giving it a little bit too much grace so I wanted to clarify I'm (laughs) anti that
0: yeah no that's a good clarification yeah no they it's a toxic abusive relationship
1: yeah for sure yeah for sure so that was my one thing
0: no that's good that I'm glad you brought that up now because it I I don't think it would make sense at the end of these chapters (laughs) no (laughs) okay okay No, i'm glad you made that clarification because yes we are anti not talking it out
1: right and i we see it for what it is which is abuse he didn't physically lay his hands on her but he may as well have because he physically did restrain her
0: i mean could you imagine if a man just locked you into your house and you couldn't leave
1: no what i feel so claustrophobic and i probably have a panic attack and i don't have the ptsd that favorite has from being tortured for three yeah months, so
0: yeah totally especially on a beautiful spring day absolutely <laughs> the not. sun
1: is beckoning me outside <laughs> <laughs> so true so true okay. okay so let's meet the inner circle <laughs> because reese um is maybe the complete opposite of how of Tamlin and how he approaches things. There's a lot of... Yeah. What?
0: Nothing. We'll get into it.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, Feyre and Reese were interrupted in their very serious conversation by two winged men in the doorway. Both are tall. Both are covered in dark leather. Both have long swords strapped to them. The larger one breaks the silence by saying, Come on, Feyre. We don't bite. Unless you ask us to. (laughs) There's like, oh, okay. Hi. And then Reese says, last I heard Cassian, no one had ever taken you up on that offer. So this is Cassian putting a face to the name. How nice. And then Fair goes, I wondered why no one had taken him up on that offer. Because according to her, (laughs) both of these characters are quite attractive. Mm Mm-hmm. She describes them as having dark hair, and Sadie can rest easy because they have short hair.
0: (laughs) Thank God.
1: Actually, Cassian does have slightly... Shoulder length, Yeah. No, Cassian has slightly, like, shoulder...
0: Yeah, shoulder length. Oh, I thought
1: you said shorter hair. I was like, no, (laughs) shoulder length hair. I picture him kind of having a man bun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: probably better. Yeah. I was picturing more of like Edna Mode. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's go with mine. <laughs> <laughs> and they both have tan skin, hazel eyes, very attractive. I think like this is the equivalent of when you meet the wolf pack in Twilight. Like, oh, yeah, these tan buff. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And then Cassian says, So fancy tonight, brother. And you made poor Fayra dress up too. Remember she's in a gown. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than going to an event over and not being in dress code.
0: Yeah, can they um why didn't Rhysand help her out? She
1: really needed to ask for a vibe check. She didn't yeah. she just assumed a vibe and it was not the vibe. <laughs> so I'd feel really awkward if I was Feyre. Me too. But she turns her attention to the other man, and she describes him as having a very dangerous aura. Like, her senses are tingling that this is the guy to watch out for. And Rhys introduces him as Asriel, spymaster.
0: Cassian, Asriel. Cassian. Cassian, Asriel. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Azriel says, welcome, and shakes Feyre's hand, and she notices his hands are brutally scarred. And then Feyre notes that Cassian calls Reese brother when he was addressing him, similar to how Reese refers to them as family. Mm-hmm. So she asks if they're actually brothers, and Reese just responds that they're brothers in the sense that all bastards are brothers of a sort. And then Cassian clarifies further that he is in charge of commanding Rhys's armies, which is a huge deal. He's very casual about it, but that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. The night court is a huge court. Yeah. Reese has armies. Yeah. Plural. And Cassian leads them. And then Asriel says Cassian also excels at pissing everyone off, especially amongst our friends. So as a friend of Reese and good luck. <laughs> and this is not what Pharaoh was expecting. I mean, first of all, she's not Resan's friend, and they're treating her very much like she's already kind of accepted I mean, in the group. I
0: mean, she is Resan's friend.
1: I mean, they not in she her mind. She wouldn't say
0: so, but
1: just to like have that title right away, right? Yeah. It's just not what she was expecting. Like these men are definitely intimidating. One is Resan's spy master. One is Resan's army yeah leader
0: yeah totally
1: but they have this way of making her feel immediately welcome and comfortable and almost like she's part of the group just because she's with says so yeah. yeah and then cassian is like how the hell did you make that bone ladder in the midden guard midden guard worms lair when it looks like your bones can snap at any moment always
0: the men always commenting on her weight
1: she can never catch a break with people telling her she's too skinny
0: it's insane And you know what i bet those damn shorts from rent the runway (laughs) wouldn't fit her either (laughs) i bet you're right (laughs) they were not shaped correctly
1: Anyway, we'll need a picture for the for
0: Absolutely Instagram. not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I tried everything
1: to make them look more flattering. No. Uh, no, I believe you. I don't think th- I think that's a. It's like an inverted triangle shape is what they're <laughs> working with. Anyway, anyway, yeah. Cassie and is Feyra about her weight, and Feyra, in true form, Sass's back. She says, "How the hell did you manage to survive this long without anyone killing you?" Which Cassian finds hilarious. Literally,
0: I. This is my first note from this series. I wish that was just a little bit wittier. (laughs) Yeah, like I feel like Feyre's comebacks or snarky remarks are like rarely ever witty. And they're supposed to be and everyone finds them hilarious, but I just don't. Everyone else is way funnier
1: than her. I'm glad they think she's funny.
0: Yeah, me too. I want her to be successful, but I'm like, damn, just who, be quiet. Who do you think is the funniest in the book? Hmm. Well, Lucian, but he's kind of out for a while now. Then probably Resan, but I, I'm still learning these new characters. Yeah. I don't really have a large pool. Yeah, that's true. But not Tamlin and Feyre.
1: No, they're not. Funny. Tamlin doesn't really joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then Moore shows up, and thank God she's dressed up too. So Feyre can relax. Yeah. Moore and Cassian start bickering right away, but like in a friendly way. And then Azriel is like, hey guys, stop. We have company. And Moore's like, yeah, we know. We won't fight too much. We promised Reese we wouldn't fight tonight. We'll be in our best behavior for Feyre. Also, there's a lot of dialogue in this chapter. I'm mainly going to focus on the backstory. Not yeah. on like the more said than Cassian said. So yeah. if there's something I'm leaving out that you thought was important, jump in.
0: Yeah. I really just... I mean, there is a lot of conversation between more here with more and the guys here, mm-hmm. and really, my biggest takeaway is that she's just like a girl's girl.
1: She is a girl's girl. I
0: love that. I love her. Yeah. I feel like me and her would get along. What gave you that impression? I wish I wrote du- direct quotes, but she just like is constantly like Feyre, like has her back.
1: Right. She immediately pulls Feyre aside and she's like I wanted the two of us just to get dinner but they made it be a group thing yes yes and I was that. like that's cool yes to want to get to know her one-on-one to just assume that we're gonna be friends yeah like,
0: yeah I think and that's there was cool. something else especially when more has already seen Feyre in a very vulnerable state yeah she's not judging her she's not treating her like a baby or glass or whatever Feyre calls herself, a broken doll or something. But she just, like, is a girl's girl. Yeah. She just respects. There was something, there's one quote she has that I was just like, yeah, me and her would get along. Oh, it's later when they're, like, all talking business, Amarin and Reese, and she's like, mm, can we talk about this later so we can eat? <laughs> I was like, yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I love her. She's probably like my favorite. We haven't met that many females, but she's my, my favorite female character that I've met.
1: Well, we meet another one right now. Yep. Amrin, And we've heard some interesting tidbits about Amrin, But here we get Feyre's first impressions. She tells us that she describes what Amrin looks like. So she's short. She has chin length, black, glossy hair. Tan skin and silver eyes that are unlike anything Feyre has seen. Otherwise, she's somewhat honestly plain look- looking in Feyre's words, but her eyes are very striking and give something away. She says in her bones she knows Amran was not born fae from the power she feels radiating off of her. And this comes later, but we also learn she doesn't eat food. So that's interesting.
0: Well, not what... Yeah,
1: not, they eat. not their food.
0: Not their, like, green beans and chicken or whatever they're eating. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And she's wearing the brooch that Resand was shopping for earlier that day when he was doing I his don't jewelry. like
0: that. I don't like that. Why is he getting her jewelry? She's his second.
1: I don't like Are it. Are you worried he might be interested in her?
0: No, I just feel like it's giving... I don't know could be another amarantha type vibe like I don't like her vibe
1: she's hard to read she's she says to Feyre immediately so there are two of us now who were born something else and found ourselves trapped in new strange bodies but she doesn't elaborate what that was but then she's like oh no there's Miriam she's the third and she wasn't born Haifei either we don't know who Miriam is. We don't get anything else. Only that Amran says she was a human made into an immortal. So there was someone before Feyre who that's happened to. Yeah. And then she says, interesting that it should happen again, right as all the ancient players have returned. Feels very like prophecy, you know.
0: What did, Wait, what did she mean by ancient players have returned?
1: I'm assuming she's talking about the people involved in the war, like Highburn. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And then they start to eat. And Feyre keeps commenting internally on how casual everything is. Like, the food is casual. San doesn't sit at the head of the table. The banter of the group is very casual. The fact that Reese calls this a family dinner.
0: I. It really gives me... Have you seen Fast and Furious? no okay um well every time they kind of like group up they like I'm imagining the scenes where they're like in a old garage or something and they like one by one show up and are like shooting shit and like they call each other family like it gives me the fast and furious group vibes yeah for people who have seen this that I feel like I don't know if that's correct but that's the vibe I get
1: yeah, it's very casual. It's very different from Tamlin's Court, which who's to say one's better than the other? It's different. Yeah. It's very different. So the rest of this dinner slash this chapter is really just favorite getting to learn more about the group. So I'm really just going to go down a list of what we learned. This is not necessarily in the order of how it happened in the chapter, but this is how it made sense to group it together. So my first discussion point, what we learn more about, is we learn about Illyrians. So, Feyre notices some type of gauntlet on both Cassian and Asriel's armor. And Asriel tells her they're called siphon. I was going to say (laughs) siphons. (laughs) Siphons. Siphons. They help concentrate and focus power in battles. The siphons filter the raw power that casts cassian and Azrael have and then transform it into something more subtle so like into shields weapons arrows and spears basically helps their magic to be more precise and nimble Mm -hmm. versus like messy and chaotic right and this obviously is really helpful in battle and then cassian's like and they look good too (laughs) and then because they're almost like gems on the back of their hands right Yeah, they're in, they're kind of strapped into, built into the leathers that they're wearing, like the fighting leathers. So it's like, I picture one kind of on their chest, there's kind of one maybe on the back of their wrists, another one here.
0: Oh. Yeah. I was picturing like literally a large gem just like on the top of their hand.
1: I think it's more so in the suit outfit yeah <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> yeah but then Fair is trying to ask questions about this okay. follow-ups and she mistakenly refers to Cassian as a lord which makes him spit up wine and laugh really hard because he's definitely not a How lord and Reese tells us more is actually the only person who's titled of this entire group which is very obviously odd for the leading group of people of an entire court to not be of nobility right and we learned that the reason they're not titled is because Illyrians which Reese, Cassian and Azrael are are actually considered pretty low tier as but far Rhys as
0: Reese is like half Illyrian he's,
1: he's half yeah and it's not that Illyrians are not, like, strong and powerful, similar to Haifei. They definitely are. They're just not Haifei. They're just a different race. Mm-hmm. And they're described as being, as a race, pretty brutal.
0: Dude, when we learned some of the stories, I was like, what the
1: fuck? Pretty backwards, especially in how they train their men and treat their women. Yeah. So women's wings are actually clipped, so they can't fly. fly or go into battle. They're basically just seen as a tool for breeding. Ugh. And this brings us to the second thing we learn about, which is we learn more about Reese's mom. Again, going so- slightly out of order because they really jump around here, but this obviously makes sense to talk about after they are discussing Illyrians and how women are treated. Reese says that his mom loved to fly. So when she was younger, she tried to starve herself to stop maturing because once you are mature, that's when they maim you basically as a woman
0: and clip your wings. Yeah.
1: And she didn't want her wings clipped, but obviously she couldn't stop this forever. And so, when she finally was being taken to get her wings clipped and she was struggling, she was being held by guards. Reese's father, the high Lord at the time happened to be visiting, visiting the camp that she was at, saw her and the mating bond clicked into place as soon as he saw her. So he immediately they
0: said it clicked in for her too. So non high, like non fey or she's still technically, are still technically fey? yeah okay okay so fey can mate still yeah it's not just hi fey
1: okay yes so he's immediately saw her mated and then keyword misted yes i keep snapping killed (laughs) the guards holding her misting is like they kind of just evaporate into mist
0: yeah i that was one of my questions so what is misting
1: (laughs) so then i think reese does it to a lemon and it's like He just snaps his fingers and it just turns into lemon mist. Yeah. So if he he did that to humans, it turns into, like, bloody mist. Yuck. Yeah. But Reese says, despite being mates, his dad and his mom were wrong for each other. Because his dad was very cold and calculating, and his mom was soft but fiery and loved by everyone. So... Mates does not necessarily equal great match. Yeah. Is what we take away from that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know who is a good match? Who? More as real.
1: More and as Why do you say?
0: This whole chapter she comments on them like making eyes at each other and making Making eyes, mostly. And, like, seeing more, like, almost feel like she's going to reach for his hand, but doesn't. There's something brewing. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Prediction.
1: So the third thing we learn is that none of these inner circle members were under the mountain. And we learn that Reese had kept them hidden along with Valeris... And again, we still don't know how at this point, but when Faye brings it up, she asks, oh, I didn't see any of you under the mountain. It's super awkward. And they all, Cassian in particular, look super guilty. She says Cassian is looking at Reese with guilt and love on his face. And... Although one chapter ago, she was really mad that people escaped being under the mountain. She's now not being a bitch about it. She actually <laughs> thinks it's comforting to have a spot in Prithian that remained untouched from Amarantha. Yeah. So her perspective has shifted. And then for the fourth thing we've, we learn is that we learn how they all met. So she asks how, Specifically, Asriel, Cassian, and Reese met, and Cassian answers. So, Cassian says that they all hated each other at first. And all of them, we learn, have had really hard and really sad lives. Yeah. So, Asriel and Cassian were both Illyrian born bastards. Azriel was sent to a training camp once his father realized he was a shadow singer, which is a rare gift and means he's known for his stealth and has a predisposition to hear and feel things. Others can't meaning. He makes a great spy master, mm-hmm. obviously. And then back to Reese's story, his mom brought him to one of the Illyrian war camps to be trained as an Illyrian male, which again is a really brutal upbringing They go to these camps, they train, they fight with each other as soon as they enter the camp. They're disciplined really severely. And that's when he met Cassian, who was also at the camp and who specifically liked to beat Reese up for being too, in quotes, clean.
0: (laughs) And uh, I guess, like, they were staying, Reese and his mom were staying, you know, at their home or whatever in the camp. And after like a really brutal fight between Rhysan and Cassian That's right, right, Cassian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They um he like saw Cassian kinda like walking quote unquote home to his little homeless tent, basically. And Rhysan was like, Uh, mom, where why is he sleeping there? And the mom's like, He's an Illyrian bastard, he's lower than low like that's where he'll be until i don't remember until
1: when but yeah the illyrian born bastards live in these sad tents and they're all these camps are up in the mountains they have really harsh conditions cassian one of the reasons he was so determined to fight everyone and pick fights and win was so he could literally like win clothes from them Yeah. And survive. And hearing this, Feyre is looking at Cassian and he's looking at her and they're both like, you get me. Yeah. (laughs) She hasn't met any other fae. She's only been with, you know, high Mm fae. I guess she met that one like water thing, water wraith. But that wasn't really her peer. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) she met, she hasn't met anyone else who gets it. Yeah. Like gets how it feels to feel hungry and desperate, but this makes her feel an immediate kinship. Yeah, with Cassian, that they both know what it's like. So Reese took Cassian in during this time when they were both training and young at the camps.
0: He hated him, but he couldn't like that. Just shows like the goodness of his heart, right? Like he didn't like Cassian. They fought all the time. Yeah, he realized that that's what was happening he took him in and yeah was like a brother
1: yeah they didn't become allies to your point for a while until they met asriel who showed up as another bastard an untrained illyrian with these new skills a shadow singer as I they meant, say
0: i meant to count how many times they say the word bastard in this chapter like so many it's like 100 at least yeah
1: <laughs> and asriel apparently couldn't even fly Which is sad. But also sweet. The beginning of their trio. And obviously this is a super powerful trio. We've got Reese, Obviously. Huge Mm -hmm. power. Can do all his mind stuff on top of that. Mm -hmm. Son of a high lord. Asriel. Shadow singer. Cassian. Really strong. So. Powerful. And then when the war came. Reese's dad came to visit the camp. Where the warriors were training. And you know, Reese's dad, High Lord, leading the armies at this time, saw how powerful the three of them were and decided to split them up so that they basically weren't a threat to him. So Cassian said they didn't see each other basically for seven years until Reese got captured, but Reese cuts him off. And that's the story of how they all met.
0: It's so strange because it's so contradictory to, like I'm watching Queen Charlotte right now,
1: Great show. Yeah, it's very really good. liked it.
0: Um, it's very good. Um, and like they're so desperate for offspring, they need an heir, they need a legitimate heir. But like in Prithian, heirs are just a threat. Like when you have when you're um immortal, you're not as desperate for an heir, no. And so when you have one and they're incredibly strong, especially when you like mate with someone who like Resand, where Illyrians are incredibly strong as well with different powers that you will never have, I feel like they get so threatened, the High Lords.
1: And it means that whenever we meet a High Lord, we automatically know their dad has to have been killed.
0: Right, right.
1: So it's not like they gracefully step down.
0: That is so true. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, I, I think I made a comment earlier. I'm like, damn, everyone, everyone's families are just dead. But, like, obviously, they can't be the high lord if your <laughs> dad is still alive.
1: Yeah. No, so true. So That's true. Sad. Yeah. You would think, then, you'd want a good father-son relationship so your son doesn't try and, you know, kill you. But, <laughs> again, we've got really bad dads only.
0: Power makes people crazy.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's the story of how Rhys, Cassian, and Asriel met. It's a good story. And then we learn about the Night Court, the side of it that everyone else in Prithian knows about and where the stories come from. Yeah. So continuing with the story we just heard, we skip. We clearly skip a bit because Rhys just jumps into when he became High Lord. So we don't really know what happened to them in the war. We don't know how his dad died. But once Reese became High Lord, he got rid of his dad's whole circle, um, the people who held rank in his court, and he appointed this group to hold positions. And that means... Well, I
0: think that he gave his father's court an option of staying and supporting him or something.
1: uh, I think... So he definitely got rid of them as you know, holding a position within mm-hmm. his top inner circle. Yeah.
0: I thought they left willingly. Like they were like, yeah, we're not supporting an Illyrian.
1: I think that's partially true too.
0: Okay. Yeah. I because
1: don't... Reese is an Illyrian, which is considered, you know, lowly. And then the people he's appointing to his court are two females And two Illyrian bastards.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So they were like, yeah, no, we're not. Yeah. We're not staying.
1: And so some people tried to overthrow him. They were killed. Some people went off to Amarantha. They obviously are not around. And then some people who hate Reese for what he is and for, you know, what the court stands for now, but just left maybe not peacefully but without trying to overthrow him they are the subdivision of the night court who live in the hewn city under the mountain the mountain that thera and Reese were living on when she was visiting visiting the night court and they basically just stay there they rarely leave they are you know really old school brutal in their ways pretty wicked pretty cruel but they don't leave so they don't do anything to like jeopardize reese jeopardize the rest of the night court or really bother anyone else so reese just lets them rule themselves in this like lawless city under the mountain and he still presides over them but not like day to day
0: but he presides still over all of the night court right like yes he still oversees valerius Yes. He's, there's other towns and cities. Yes. In the night court that he still oversees. He
1: oversees all of it. He technically oversees the Hewn City as well. Yeah. But there is a big enough presence there that he doesn't want to just squash them out. Like he basically just sectioned them off. He's like, you guys have this way of living that's I don't agree with. So they're basically just... They get to live under the mountain. They get to be awful and have this city that they... It's somewhat autonomous, but Reese still has, like, power over. You'll see it's complicated. Okay. So that's the court that Amarantha saw and modeled under the mountain after. Right. And that's the night court that everyone's afraid of. Right. It's called the Court of Nightmares... And Valeris, the court ruled by a half-breed high lord, two bastard warriors, and two women, is called the Court of Dreams. And then Feyre asks about Amron and more, but they really give us nothing. Amron says, oh, well, I had never been in someone's court before. Reese asked me to be his second because no one had ever asked. And that's her. That's all she gives. Mm -hmm. And then Moore says, I was a dreamer born into the court of nightmares. So I got out. And then Cassian asks Farah what her story is. Apparently they don't know. So she goes through the whole spiel about how she was rich and then she was poor and then she learns to hunt and then everything else happened. Yeah. And Cassian, after hearing this is like, you taught yourself to hunt. What about to fight? There is like, no, I don't know how to fight. And he tells her, lucky for you, you've just found a teacher. Pretty good offer yeah. from the commander of the entire Night court's armies and complete 180 again from the spring court. Notice oh. how Cassian didn't ask Reese oh. for permission.
0: Oh, I did not think about that. I did not think about that. He didn't ask Reese for permission and he was like, yeah, let's train you. And Reese
1: didn't jump in. Yeah. Damn. Reese delegates a little bit more. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Feyre almost objects to this just on instinct. But then internally she thinks about what training would give her. And she thinks I wouldn't be weak again. I wouldn't be dependent on anyone else. I would never have to endure the touch of the adder as it dragged me because I was too helpless to know where and how to hit. So that's what she thinks, which is awesome. But then what she says, which (laughs) makes everyone cringe, she says, you don't think it sends a bad message if people see me learning to fight? And as soon as those words come out, She's like, that sounds so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and in this crowd especially, they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you saying? Well, she just
0: realizes how stupid of an excuse that it's it was that she was given.
1: So dumb. Which
0: I'm pretty sure I said that when we were going back. Right. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? Why are you so worried about what other people think?
1: Yeah. So then Moore speaks up, and she tells Feyre two things. Two very, very important things. She says, well, one, you left. (laughs) You left. So you want to talk about messages? (laughs) That is a message. Yeah. In itself. Two, Moore says she knows firsthand what Feyre feels like. Like, pressures to be a certain thing or act a certain way or be told to do what you can and can't do, basically. Yeah. And she says, with enough courage, Feyre can say, screw it and do what she needs.
0: I, say, I, literally, I wrote, Feyre and Mar are besties. Yeah. A girl's girl.
1: Literally, with this advice, Feyre is like, I think this is my first female friend. Yeah. Ever. Because she's like, her sisters, they're not friends. Ianthe, Feyre's like, I thought she was my friend, but I actually am realizing she wasn't really a friend. She wasn't looking out for what I needed at all. Right. So, okay. All of this info.
0: So she tells Cassie and I'll
1: think about it. Yes. She says, I'll think about it. And then she feels Reese through the bond. Like, surprised slash pleased. Yeah. And then Fair is like, you know what? Okay. I think I have enough information. And this is enough for her to tell Reese that she will work with him. So crazy. And Reese says, good, because we start tomorrow. And this is because Reese enlightens us. The king of Hibern is indeed about to launch a war. We knew that. And he wants to resurrect Jurian to do it.
0: I literally don't understand
1: that. Yeah. Like,
0: I don't get why... Why would you resurrect Durian? He hates Fae. And if if the King of Highburn is trying to start a war to destroy humans, why would you resurrect a human?
1: I literally don't understand that at all. And that is a really good question because it is obviously weird. He was on the opposite side of the war.
0: Yeah. So we'll learn more. I, but like no one else seems to be thrown off by that in the book. So that's why I was like, "Am I going to learn more?" You will. Yeah, we'll learn.
1: We'll learn more. And the, okay, so this was a lot of information. The backstory. <laughs> now, Jurian and Feyre is like. So, Durian, who who is dead and who's... Oh, wait. Eye. Let's
0: remind a- everyone who Jurian is. Good. Good point. So, Jurian was the was the war general of the human armies, basically, mm-hmm. um, who was, quote-unquote, in love with Amarantha's sister. Amarantha's sister was really in love with him. He was using her yes. for information. Yes. It all came out that he was using her for information. He killed Amarantha's sister. Amarantha killed him, but then she locked his finger on her necklace and his eye with his soul in a ring. So he is his soul is still alive in a sense, and that it was trapped in her ring to like watch all of her evil whor- horrors. Yeah. So that's who Durian is, and now. The king of, Hi- there's rumored rumors that the king of Hybern is trying to resurrect him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we don't know why. Right. So, this is actually what Reese wants to find out. Mm hmm. We know that Jurian's eye and finger bone had been kept, belonged to Amarantha. We also know that those disappeared. When she died, presumably by the Adder, who also escaped, took them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know that the massacres at the temples that we heard about a few chapters ago, that's, we think, related. The King of Hybrid is like ransacking different places. Right. So Reese asks Amarin, how would someone take an eye and a finger bone and make it into a man again? And how do we stop it? And Amarin says, you already know. Go to the prison and talk to the bone carver. Bone carver? <laughs> Doesn't sound promising.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Approachable.
1: No. Like a nice guy. Not really. <laughs> Seems like bad news. Amryn says she won't go. Asriel volunteers. Reese shuts him down. He says he and Thera have to go. Because the only person the Bone Carver will talk to is Feyre, given her specific, interesting background. Right. Clearly, this is a scary place to go. The group is kind of reacting like, you're going to send her? (laughs) And Reese is like, yeah, Feyre, your choice or not. Do you want to come? And she just says, how bad can it be? And Cassian says, bad. And that's where we end chapter 16. So Sadie, what did you think of chapter 16?
0: Um, it's a lot, a lot of new characters at once. Um, they all, I feel like kind of have some similar personalities like Cassian and, um, Asriel. Like they're kind of similar to Reese. I feel like, um, and then, I, I'm i not a huge fan of Amran. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't like her vibes. Um, but Moore's are going to be our new bestie.
1: And how does meeting Reese's family, like the people who are closest to him, has that impacted how you see Reese? I mean, he's less of a mystery. We knew, like, nothing about him. Now we see who... His friends are.
0: Yeah. I just feel like I just feel like from book one to book two, it you're so unsure about Resand, and like his behaviors in book one do not reflect the person he's clearly being portrayed as in book two. And it's very much like, OK, well, then we have some explaining to do still.
1: OK, so you're still you still feel the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely like restand. Like, if I was reading book two exclusively, I'd be like, fall in love already. Like I was with <laughs> Tamlin and Feyre. But yeah, I just don't like the polarizing shift. It's kind of like when we read it ends with us, and then read it starts with us. Oh uh, yeah, not exactly the same because Ryle like deaf. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert if you haven't read it. Um, Ryle was like definitely supposed to be the bad guy, but it it the way they told the story in book 1, it was more like conflicting. Yeah.
1: But then book 2, they just like went full send. Like he's just like an asshole always. Right. Yeah, and I hated that. I know. Same. I was like the reason it ends the sorry. reason it ends with us was yeah. so good. The reason that book is so good is because you're you're conflicted like you root for them so hard and then it shifts fast and then you Mm -hmm. still see the good sides of him and it's Mm -hmm. that's what makes it so heartbreaking and then the sequel I was like this book needed to not be written and
0: I feel like this is giving me similar vibes oh no well not not (laughs) not in like my overall rating of the book like the story is better yeah but sorry um but I just feel like I don't like When it's, when we like fully damn someone like Mm -hmm. we are with Tamlin. So that's my, my hesitancy with Rhysand comes from my, my feeling like we need closure with Tamlin first. Fair.
1: Okay. Fair. Okay. Well, let's get into chapter 17.
0: And, (laughs) and this chapter is just to show how different Rhysand is from Tamlin in handling Feyre. How so? Because he like takes care of her as she's throwing up, oh, and then tucks yeah, her yeah, into yeah. bed, and yeah, yeah, and okay. just pretends he's asleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so it picks up with Reese flying Feyre back to the townhouse, and Feyre tells Reese that there was a moment at the dinner where she could feel him through the bond again, and this was happening when she agreed to maybe train with Cassian. And she asked if he, she got past his mental shields again. And he says, no, the bond is a living thing, an open channel between us that's shaped by my powers and shaped by what you needed when we made the bargain. And she says, I needed not to be dead when I made this bargain. And he says, you needed not to be alone. Damn. I but find- so did he. I find that statement actually just very powerful.
0: Totally. Totally. And I think um, I think they both needed that under the mountain. They both needed not to be alone. And that's why they're so connected.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then Feyre states a big truth that she slash we just learned from this dinner that they had, which is... Reese lets Amarantha and the entire world, all of Prithian, think that he's an evil guy, that he rules over an evil court, and it's actually all just a front to protect what matters most to him, which is his family and Valeris.
0: And So is his logic that if they are scared Of that court, then they're less willing to like attack.
1: I think his logic is that Valerius has always been hidden from Prithian. The but obviously, people have to know about a court of nightmares or a court of the night court. Like, they need to, there needs to be some part of the night court that's exposed Mm -hmm. to Prithian. And he exposes the hewn city, his version of Under the Mountain, of where all those people who are slightly evil go and live yeah and so to keep up that facade to make sure valeris stays hidden and to make sure prithian only has focus on the hewn city he acts in character with what the high lord of that court would look like and be like
0: oh oh so i guess there's my justification for everything that was happening under the mountain
1: yeah, definitely part of it. Like, he he plays that role so that it all makes sense. Yeah. And with Amarantha, he, you know, needed to be on her good side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So he was very, he was willing to do some of her dirty work to make her not ask questions or try and come for the night court. Right. Even more so. Yeah. Yeah. So Reese says, I love my people and my family. Do not think I wouldn't become a monster to keep them safe. And I like that answer because mm-hmm. it's honest. Mm-hmm. And he did mm-hmm. do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Feyre is kind of that same way. She's even said herself. Yeah. And then Feyre asks what the cost of keeping this place secret and free is slash was. And sand lands them back at the townhouse. At this point, she tries to step away, but he grips her chin and says, "You know that already." And we do. He had to be Amarantha's whore. Yeah. He played his part very, very well to the point that he became probably Amarantha's most trusted person. And Ree says that when Amarantha tricked him out of his powers, he still had more. Than the other high lords had. And he used this. To do his mind control. On everyone who was taken. Under the mountain that had some knowledge of Valeris. So he says. Like for 50 years he was like. Controlling them to forget about it. To not know it was there. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But his true court. Obviously stayed here ruling the city. In his absence. And he used the remainder of his power. To shield them all from Amarantha. And that's all he could do, obviously. He's not strong enough to shield everyone from her. Yeah. But he says, I had to make a choice. I had to make it quick. I threw my power as a shield and then I used the rest to mind control everyone to not talk about Valeris and forget about it. And now he says, I have to live with that choice. I have to live with the consequences of knowing that there are a lot of people who suffered who are outside this bubble. But he did what he could. Yeah. Yeah. And he did more than anyone else. So Reese lets go of her face. But Feyre grabs his wrist and says, it's a shame that others in Prithian don't know. A shame that you let them think the worst of you. And Reese says, hey, as long as the people who matter know the truth, I don't care about the rest. And then he flies away. Deep. So deep. And that night... And this is what Sadie was talking about. Feyre's having very vivid nightmares about Amarantha, about being under the mountain, about being tortured. But then Feyre feels hands on her shoulders, shaking her and yelling her name. And she says, the voice was at once the night and the dawn and the stars and the earth. And every inch of my body calmed at the primal dominance in it.
0: Oh my God.
1: (laughs) So dramatic.
0: She is very dramatic.
1: Yeah. It's obviously Reese. And he's above her. He's shaking her. He's waking her up, looking panicked. And he's like, hey, it's just a dream. Like, just a dream. You're okay." Fair looks around. She sees that her powers have come out in the midst of being panicked in her nightmares. She's shredded the blankets. The end of her hands are, like, inflamed. Not inflamed. Like, literally in flames. And then she shoves Reese off her and runs to the bathroom so that she can throw up. And what does Reese do?
0: He comes and holds her hair. Yeah. Literally all Tamlin needed to do.
1: Yeah. And he not only does that. So one, he does come and he holds her hair. Two, he then helps her turn her powers off Mm -hmm. and control them. And then the third thing he does is he tells her about his own nightmares. Yeah. Which is Cassian or Asriel being tortured by Amarantha and Reese being forced to watch how he failed them. Just to show some empathy of, like, I'm there with you.
0: Yeah. Make her not feel so, like, stupid. Like, I feel like Feyre feels a lot of shame when she shows weakness. Yeah. And, you know, instead of making her feel like she has something to be ashamed of, he connected with her and brought himself down to her level.
1: Yeah. I have no notes. It was perfect. (laughs) And Feyre's like, you didn't fail them. But Reese said, I did horrible things to ensure that. And Feyre says, so did I. And then she leans against the bathtub and falls asleep. And then the next day, Feyre and Reese go to the prison. And Wait, no,
0: no, no. He do- He. She falls asleep against the bathtub, but she wakes up nicely tucked into bed in brand new bedding. Cause she had, like, burnt up and tore up the last one. Yeah. So Reese. Carried her back to bed and tucked her in new sheets. Yeah. So cute.
1: It is cute. Especially when you remember he's literally the high lord of the night court and he's like there kneeling on the bathroom floor with her, holding Mm -hmm. her hair back, tucking her in. Totally. So sweet. So then the next day after she sleeps in her bed, all comfortable again, they go to the prison. And Reese is strapped up with weapons. They have basically winnowed to a rock in the middle of the ocean, off of the coast of the Night Court. And Reese explains that this giant rock is the prison, and inside are the most dangerous creatures that you can possibly imagine. Lovely. I literally wrote lovely. <laughs> and then we're going back underground. I bet Phaedra is going to love this. <laughs> and Reese says that Amryn can't go in here because she actually used to be a prisoner. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So Feyre obviously starts to panic about going in, about being back underground.
0: That's why I don't trust Amryn.
1: Because she was a prisoner?
0: And her attitude and like Sand, they kind of like talk about her when they're trekking through to the prison. And I was like, yeah. She's a no for me.
1: Okay. <laughs> so Farrah starts to panic, but Reese tells her, you know, it helps to remind yourself. We got out. We got out. And this could all happen again if we don't go inside. So Farrah tries, but she just can't. She just can't do it. So she looks to Reese and just says, please. And Reese doesn't ask any questions. He just winnows her away back to Valeris. And the last line of chapter 17 is, I didn't get out of bed for the rest of the day.
0: She is traumatized, but at least Rhysand doesn't judge her for it.
1: Yeah. It's nice. Mm -hmm. He stays true to his word. He's like, one literally, you say the word and we're gone. And it's true. And he stood by it. He stood by it. Doesn't make her feel bad for it. Chapter 18 starts with Feyre waking up from her nap or whatever. And she sees Amran standing at the foot of her bed. And Amran throws an amulet towards her. And she tells Feyre, this got me out of the prison. Wear it in and they can never keep you. So Feyre doesn't move, but Amran tells her, hey, I'm not giving this to you lightly, but you have a job to do, so take it. And if you keep it, I will hunt you down.
0: And I wrote that this is kind of awkward because... We used to, like, cringe that clearly Tamlin told Lucian everything. And now uh, it's clear that Rhysand clearly tells Amber and everything. But, you know.
1: It's true. It's his number two, I guess. She's his number two. <laughs> yeah. So later that day, we go back to the prison. And they have a ways to hike. Um, they have to, like, go up the slope of the rock to get in. And Reese is, like, having to pull Feyre along because she's so out of shape from just doing nothing. And they start chatting. Feyre apologizes for yesterday, for not being able to go in. And Reese tells her, you have nothing to apologize for. You're here now. And that's all that matters. And then he winks and he says, I won't dock your pay. (laughs) And then Reese... Draws out his sword as they're about to go in. And Feyre's like, oh. Because, you know, he's always been very, like, suited up, suave. He never gets his hands dirty that she's seen, at least. hmm I guess Under the Mountain is her reference. But he was just always doing his little mind tricks. Yeah. To hurt people. So she's never seen Reese in, like, warrior form. hmm Although Reese tells her Cassian's actually better at him in combat. And then Favorite asks about Asriel. And we learn some of the backstory here that Asriel didn't share at the dinner. Reese tells her that Asriel's father had two sons who were older than Asriel, who were legitimate, because Asriel was a bas- is a bastard. And Asriel was kept in a prison cell, basically. Like he wasn't allowed to train or fly or do any of the things that Illyrians are supposed to do. And then it sounds like his brothers tried to burn him alive as a test.
0: So, so wild. To see
1: if he would heal, which is how he got his scarring.
0: I literally wrote these. Every time we hear about Illyrians, they just sound absolutely horrible. Like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, they do. And then Feyre asks about more. And he says, more is who I will call in when the armies fail and Cassian and Azrael are both dead, which makes it sound like she also has like immense power.
0: Yeah, I wrote she must be powerful AF.
1: But he also explains she is like a queen. She oversees Valeris and the Hewn City. So she's got a lot of duties. Mm-hmm. And then Amren is his political advisor and doer of his dirty work, in his words. And also, as we know, she's very powerful. Right. Reese says if the day ever comes in battle when more Cassian and Azriel are dead, he will break the spell on Amorin and unleash her on the world.
0: <laughs> I literally wrote, Is Amorin going to be a problem? <laughs> like, she, like, I feel like during this whole conversation, Reese is like, Yeah, I'd never want to get on her bad side. And. And then, like, the fact that he, like, got her that brooch for a gift, I feel like he has to, like, suck up to her or she's gonna go crazy. I honestly think it's surprising that she, um, kind of, like, respects Rhysand as a high lord. Or maybe she doesn't. Because she's so powerful? Yeah. Like, they said that she, I don't know if we're gonna get into all this detail, but they said that she like is from another world Mm -hmm. and like got slipped through and maybe got trapped here and it's just like immensely powerful and going on and on and I'm just like it's weird that if she's from another world that she would like respect another person as like the leader like is Rhysand still more powerful than her?
1: It's it's confusing. So, yeah. So he says there are legends that say when the world was created, there were rips in the fabric of the realms and in the chaos of forming the world, creatures from other worlds could come in through those rips, but then the rips closed and some creatures were trapped. So that's possibly what Amryn is, meaning she's like ancient. Mm-hmm. But we don't really know. What her powers are. She's in a body that looks like a high fey, So don't know how that works. Yeah. So essentially, I have no answer. I don't know. Okay. So Feyre and Reese are walking. They get to the gates of the prison and they swing open. And then Feyre starts to freak out. But Reese puts his hand on her back and she grabs her amulet and he tells her to breathe. So they go in. It's clearly not a normal prison. She can't see any prisoners. It's just like stone hallways that lead deeper and deeper underground. Mm -hmm. And they keep walking down and Feyre has to grab Reese's hand to stay steady. And at one point when they're walking and talking, he like squeezes her hand. And I was like, oh, that's so tender.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The only thing is like they're basically holding hands now for a long time as they journey through this mountain Mm -hmm. and maybe i'm just like a cynic (laughs) but i was like the constant hand holding just is not it like hand holding for a minute is sweet but then like i just know they can't move as like ad agile like they can't be as agile. They're just holding hands all time. Well,
1: Feyre's not agile. Like she's in this dark, steep hallway, and she's holding on for balance.
0: I guess
1: it just. I like, don't know why this bothers you so much. <laughs> I'm just. Thinking
0: I about, thought it was sweet. No, I do think it's sweet. It's just like it would have been sweet for a little, and then I'm like, all right, guys. Like, do you really need to continue holding his hand? <laughs> I don't know why. It just seemed impractical. Okay. Okay. I don't know.
1: Sadie is anti-handholding. Noted. (laughs) So they keep walking and she doesn't see any doors or lights. She doesn't hear anything, but she can feel the prisoners on the other side of the wall. And they're walking down for so long. She says she loses all sense of time. And as they're walking, Farah asks, so like, who is the bone carver? And Reese tells her no one knows because he appears different to everyone. Or at least can appear different to everyone. Mm -hmm. So, like, she can be standing there and she can be looking at someone. And he can be standing right next to her and see a totally different person. Yeah. And then they reach the gates of the bone carver's cell. They're, of course, made of bone. That tracks. Mm -hmm. And then they enter a dark cell and they hear a voice that says... I have carved the doors for every prisoner in this place, but my own remains my favorite. And he's immediately so creepy. <laughs> and Feyre walks inside and sees a young boy with dark hair and blue eyes, which is even creepier.
0: Yeah. I was like, are we in a horror genre now? Yeah. This shit's creepy.
1: Yeah. It's super dark in there. It's just this boy in his prison cell. Reese then pulls out a bone from somewhere and gives it to the bone carver. And it's the bone that Feyre used to kill the Midengard worm when she was under the mountain. And I have so many questions. Like, does he just collect bones in case
0: he needs to go see a bone carver? Literally. Like,
1: how did he get the bone? Why that, did he take it? I
0: didn't even really <laughs> think about that, honestly.
1: Like, he really was pre-planning this so meticulously. He just knew. But this is like an offering or whatever just right. to get them inside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the bone carver accepts it. He's like, ooh, a bone. <laughs> and then he looks at Feyre and he asks her if she's afraid. And she says yes because Reese, Reese prepped her well. He said, don't lie to the bone carver. Yeah. And the bone carver asks her where she went when she died. And Phara asks, well, Phara says a question for a question, which Reese also had prepped her to say. So he Mm -hmm. was very, he was very prepared. And so, okay, the bone carver wants to know where she went when when she died, and then he says he'll answer her question. So obviously a very intense question for her to ask or for her to have to answer. Mm -hmm. And she's thinking back to when Amarantha was torturing her and. Just the pain she was in, like obviously the horror of that moment. Reese is looking very wary that Feyre is going to be able to even speak about this. Mm -hmm. But then Feyre tells, she tells them everything. She says, I heard the crack when she broke my neck, but it was also in my ears and in my skull. I was gone before I felt anything more than the first lash of pain. And then... It was dark, but there was a thread, and I yanked on it, and suddenly I could see, not through my eyes, but through Reese's eyes. And I knew I was dead, and this tiny scrap of spirit was all that was left of me, clinging to the thread of our bargain.
0: I wondered if Reese knew that.
1: This is way more detail than we got in real time yeah. in the book. Yeah. Like and this And I, is all I new wonder information. if Reese
0: is going to be like, What? <laughs>
1: You know, he looks yeah, he looks shocked, but we don't know if it's shocked at the information or shocked that she's able to answer.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And not fall apart. And then she continues. She said when she was made anew then from the High Lords, she followed the bond back like she was swimming to the surface mm-hmm. again. And the bone carver pushes her to remember if there was any other world beyond where she was. But is like, well, I didn't see anything. And then he asks her a few more questions, until Reese interrupts because the deal was a question for a question, and the bone carver has now asked Feyre six. Feyre gets her chance to ask a question, and she asks about resurrecting a person, like if you had pieces of them, is it possible to put their soul into a new body if the soul was preserved? And the bone carver says there is no way, unless. And then he mentions the cauldron.
0: And I knew it. I knew it was important.
1: Yeah, it is. It is important. And he tells us a little bit more. He says, they say all the magic was contained inside of it, that the world was born in it, but it fell in the wrong hands and horrible things were done with it. Things were forged with it. Such wicked things that the cauldron was eventually stolen back at great costs. And it can't be destroyed because it's like the maker of all things. Yeah. So it was just hidden and forgotten. So only with the cauldron could something like that, like only could you, only with the cauldron could you resurrect someone like that. So Reese asks, where did they hide it? And the bone carver says, Tell me a secret no one knows, Lord of Night, and I'll tell you mine. And Favor's like, Oh my god, what's he gonna say? Like <laughs> this is this could get so dark. And then Reese says, My right knee gets a twinge of pain when it rains. I wrecked it during the war and it's hurt ever since.
0: <laughs> when he said that, I was like, Is that gonna matter? Or is he just kinda like <laughs> pulling some shit out?
1: Well, the bone carver thinks it's funny. Yeah. And tells Reese, you always were my favorite. <laughs> and he he holds up his end of the deal. He says, Okay, the cauldron was hidden at the bottom of a frozen lake in Lapland. And Reese is like, Okay, let's go. Let's go to Lapland. Yeah. But then the bone cover continues and vanished long ago. Of course. Couldn't be that easy. Useless information. Um, and the bone carver doesn't know where it is now. But the feet of the cauldron, like it was split or something.
0: Yeah. Like if you could think of, um, if you think of what a cauldron looks like. Yeah. It has like little nubs on the corners. Yeah. To kind of like hold it up so it could be over a flame.
1: Yeah. So those were removed and hidden in different locations. And he mentions temples specifically. So Cesera, Caesarea, which we recognize as yeah. the temple that got ransacked. Sangrava and Ithaca.
0: I was excited because I thought I recognized the names. and I was like, oh, my God. And those were destroyed or whatever. Yeah. And then they basically say it like Feyre also realizes that and I'm like dang it
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) because basically if those feet that were hidden on those temples are missing it's likely that cauldron is active once more and that the wielder wants it at full power not any part missing right so Feyre is like okay wow so that's why the temples are being ransacked to get the feet of the cauldron to restore it to full power and then Reese is like I don't suppose you know who is doing that. <laughs> um, and the bone carver, of course, asks another question slash something in return. He asks for Feyre's bones when she dies. Yeah. And he'll he'll give the answer. But then Reese, Reese doesn't like, agree. No. He just says, thank you for your help. And then he starts to guide Feyre out. But Feyre willingly offers up even more info. He sa- she says that there was a choice in death. And re stops guiding her out. The bone carver's looking at her very intrigued. And Thera says, I knew. I knew that I could drift away into the dark. And I chose to fight to hold on for a bit longer. But I knew if I wanted, I could have faded. And maybe it would have been a new world, a realm of rest and peace, but I wasn't ready for it, not to go there alone. I knew there was something else waiting beyond that dark. Something good.
0: Damn.
1: Way more info than we got in book one.
0: Yeah, she needed to... Um. She was in too much of a dark place. There was too much change. She was a fae. She couldn't really like relish in the feelings that she was having in those moments.
1: Yeah. And this gets her the next piece of information... It confirms that King of Hyburn is the one who's pillaging the temples. And I'm like, why did we need to confirm this? We were 99.9% sure. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So the King of Hyburn, sure. Groundbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> and then Favorite offers up another piece of information. She's just blah, blah, blah today.
0: I think she's realizing all these things
1: as she's sharing. Yeah. And she shares that when Amarantha made her kill those two fairies, if the third hadn't been Tamlin, she would have killed herself afterwards.
0: And she, like, feels Rhysand's reaction. Yeah,
1: Rhys goes totally still. And she says, like, I knew there was just no coming back from what I'd done, and I wanted to break the curse. I knew I had to save them, but... I knew that I couldn't ever come back from this. And then she says she glances at Reese and there was something like devastation on his beautiful face. It was gone in a blink. And then the bone carver says, more information on the cauldron. Apparently with the cauldron, you can do other things than raise the dead. You can shatter the wall. Which is the only thing keeping human lands safe from other fairies?
0: I this whole this whole scene is just an emotional roller coaster because it's just like getting these deep thoughts and then this like really big information and then
1: deep thoughts yeah and
0: really big information I'm just like whoa so
1: we're realizing so many things about Feyra about <laughs> this is Hyver. the
0: chapter of like. Realizing things. Of,
1: like, realizing things. Yeah. <laughs> As my <laughs> Kylie Jenner would say. <laughs> and apparently Hibern, that's why he's been quiet for so many years. Because he was hunting the cauldron, learning the secrets. Resurrecting someone might be his first test of
0: the cauldron, the cauldron being
1: reunited altogether. And... Like any source of magic, it can be depleted. So he's letting it rest, letting it gather strength, learning its secrets, feeding it more energy, getting more powerful. And then Feyre asks if there was a way to stop it, and Reese is like, "Don't tell him anything." Else. I know, <laughs> but the Bone Carver just offers up the info. He says, "When the Cauldron was made, its Dark Maker used the last of the metal." to forge a book which is called the book of breathings and the book of breathings can negate the cauldron's power in some way or control it but after the war of course book of breathings was split into two pieces one went to the fae and one went to the humans specifically the human queens and this was part of the treaty to like show a symbol of peace you know and the cauldron had been lost at that point anyway. So it was, it was more of symbolic. a myth.
0: Well, I was like, are we about to hunt down these two pieces of the book like horcruxes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> a treasure hunt. So the book was believed to be harmless because it's only useful together anyway. And it's separated. Um, and no, no one can wield it anyway. It's too powerful. So everyone dismissed it as just like a, an heirloom. But if the book were in the hands of something, he says, reforged, meaning Feyre, I'm assuming. You have to test the theory, but he says it might be possible. So the High Lord of Summer now has one piece. And the queens in the human realm have the other piece. So... That's, that we can go, assume is the new plot. <laughs> they gotta
0: go hunt them down like Horcruxes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If you reunite both halves, you will be able to nullify the cauldron and stop hibern basically from shattering the wall. And so, Pharaoh and Reese leave the cell, but not before the bone carver says, I shall carve your death in here, Pharaoh. And she's like, Okay, thank you for your time. <laughs> And they walk up back through the darkness, back to the opening of the stone. And then Reese asks, uh, no, favorite asks Reese, what did you see? Meaning, like, what did the bone carver look like? And he asks you first. And she tells him, okay, a boy, around eight, dark-haired and blue-eyed. And then Reese is like, Ugh. And he tells her that Reese saw Jurian. The bone carver appeared exactly as Juri and looked the last time we saw him facing Amarantha when they fought to the death.
0: That's crazy.
1: And that's how, that's how chapter, what chapter are we on? 18. <laughs> <laughs> that's how chapter 18 ends.
0: That's so and creepy. And that's the end of our episode. That's so creepy. I also, I want to know like the meaning, like why did, um, uh, um, Vera see a young boy, but obviously, like the bigger reveals that recent saw Durian, which is so creepy.
1: It's extremely creepy. <laughs> extremely creepy. Wow, we got so much information in that episode.
0: this this uh, set of chapters was a lot. It was very meaty.
1: I think I think this set and the next set of chapters, and the next set of chapters are good. But it really does start to get a lot better. Because, I mean, we, we're we on page 200. We're just understanding what the plot of this book might look like.
0: Totally, totally. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was very interesting. And yeah. obviously, like, seeing things start to happen with Rhysand and Feyre, as I had expected. Um, But it's definitely... Definitely um, setting the stage for a lot of action.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. It sounds like you can't ship Reese and Feyre until we know what happens with her and Tamlin.
0: I need closure. I need some closure first.
1: Okay. Well, we'll see <laughs> if we get any closure coming up soon, maybe. Your
0: face does not look promising. <laughs>
1: I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. But next episode, we'll be covering chapters 19 through 21. And we'll have another guest.
0: Ooh, yeah. Our friend
1: Michelle. I can't wait. She's also reading it for the first time. So she doesn't know how the series ends. She doesn't know how this book ends. So we'll have two people experiencing this for the first time.
0: She is seriously like... So invested though, it's so I funny. Know. She like stayed up till four a.m. one night to finish Akatar because she was like, "I have to know how it ends."
1: I don't. I like don't blame her. <laughs> Once you get hooked, you're really in it.
0: Yeah, must be nice. Yeah, must be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll yeah, say the any last any last words for these set of chapters.
0: No. Yeah, I think we kind of kind of summed it up like i feel like we have the plot laid out to really develop some action here soon and clearly things are you know also starting with Resand and Fera um but i yeah i need closure first
1: do you do you still like Resand yeah you do.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really like Resand. But it just I think I can't let it go because it was like I just spent a whole book. Like I wasn't even a big Tamlin fan when I first met him. I was more of a Resand fan when I first met Resand. I wasn't a big Tamlin fan. And so like I like forced myself to ship them. And now I'm struggling to get on the next boat, you know, like I really do like Resand. I just wish I wish there was I almost feel like if Tamlin was still a good guy, mm-hmm. I feel like I could ship her and Resand more
1: why I don't that, know do I
0: need to reflect on this a little bit more <laughs> because I feel like if it was like the books were trying to make you torn I would be like well I like Resand better so I want her with Resand." but I just don't like the traumatic ending of their relationship like I think that's what it is like I just don't feel like I prefer Resand. But I just can't close the door because Feyre hasn't closed the door. Yeah. Or Tamlin hasn't. Like, I just need closure.
1: That's <sighs> yeah. fair. Yeah. But That's we'll see. Fair. We'll see. This is... This, like, twist, I guess, and the immediate shift of book two definitely wasn't what I was expecting when no, I was No, I thought it's it not. was going
0: to be, like, a slow... like
1: yeah because whenever you have a love triangle usually it's you see redeeming qualities in both right you see flaws in both the person's torn and something happens to push her in one direction but this isn't even really a love triangle and then her and Reese aren't you know they have some chemistry some bond obviously but there was never really a love triangle no. At all.
0: No. I mean, it's not her and Reese haven't really crossed that line yet.
1: No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. They just held hands for like an hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know their hands are fucking sweaty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but okay, we'll, uh, we'll continue reading next episode and see how this continues to unfold. So thanks everyone for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gals on Topic. We're also now on TikTok, also at Gals on Topic. And I've been cracking myself up.
0: Literally, Izzy's <laughs> hilarious. I don't know how you come up with these TikToks, but it's so funny.
1: I've been cracking myself up. So go give us a follow on TikTok. Um, leave us a comment. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All the things. Yeah. Tell a friend.
0: <laughs>
1: and we'll see you next episode with Michelle
0: yeah we'll see you guys then
1: bye guys